from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. If we have a homeless situation and we can send, um, you know, outreach workers to deal with the homeless as opposed to a police officer, police officers don't need to go to homeless calls. They don't need to go to people in mental health crises. There is the um, benefit of having EMS evaluate some of these initial calls. I think merging these resources really makes us stronger uh, and a more effective tool for getting these calls out to the right person. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis's 911 dispatch system has been an urgent concern for city officials for months. Many residents report being put on hold when they call, even in crisis situations. Earlier this year, KMOV reported that up to 50% of emergency calls in some shifts were being put on hold. And the Post-Dispatch quantified just how bad the problem was. Throughout 2020 and the first months of 2021, only 64% of calls were answered in the industry standard 10 seconds. That's a big decline from 2018, when that was true of 80% of calls. The Daily also reported that 5% of calls were put on hold for two minutes or more. Mayor Tashara Jones has said that addressing the problem is a priority, and to that end, this month, the city begins the tricky process of merging three 911 dispatch centers into one. And joining me now to talk about it is Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom. Director Isom, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. So this has been such a long-standing frustration for so many city residents. Did you know coming into this job, this was something you were going to have to deal with? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been one of those citizens for eight years um, after I retired from the police department. So as a citizen, I'd certainly heard about the issues with the 911 system. And so coming in, uh, you know, as somebody who's experienced in law enforcement, did you have a handle on what was causing the problem? Yeah, well, you know, um, I spent 25 years in the St. Louis Police Department and um, the last four years as chief of police. So the 911 system was under my command during that time. And so there's always been this conversation about consolidating 911 services. And so I had a pretty good idea of some of the stumbling blocks and things that needed to be done. So you knew some of the issues here, but it seems like it had gotten significantly worse in the years that you were gone. Do you have any idea what was driving that that downward curve from 2018 and into the present? Well, I think there are a number of different things and things that we're working on. One is the personnel issue, is that the, the numbers have you know, fallen dramatically mm-hmm. over time. There just aren't enough dispatchers. There aren't enough dispatchers. And so that's the main issue. But uh, structurally, uh, there had been a problem for many years, meaning that all calls came through the police department and then had to be diverted to the fire department. And from a technology standpoint, we were on two different and still are on two different systems. So when you have um, low personnel and staffing, those um you know, structural problems are exacerbated. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a combination of a lot of different things that came together at one time. So we heard from some listeners who were like, wait a minute, they're actually on separate systems? What's the history on that? You said this this long predates even when you were in charge. Well, the history of it is, as many people know, the police department used to be separate from the city government structure. It was run by the state. 
And so the police department had its own separate 911 system, and then the fire EMS had theirs. And because of that separation, they moved down different tracks all the time. The curious thing, though, is that all calls always came through the police department first, which is pretty odd. But um, it's it's been a part of a, a structural split between the police department and city government over many years. So this is something that almost dates back to the Civil War when the state wanted to run the St. Louis Police Department. Right, the Civil War, then when phones came into being. <laughs> and then just kind of got patched together and jerry-rigged over time. Absolutely. I mean, just thinking about trying to unravel this mess is giving me a headache. I mean, tell me what's going on. I understand this is the month that you're beginning to try to start moving everybody together. You're right. It's a complex process um, because um, we need to talk to, you know, employees. We need to talk to management. We need to talk to the personnel division. And we've uh, brought all those people together. And this started before I became the interim director. There were many conversations about how to consolidate. So the first step is really to, to merge the three entities together and their job classifications. Um, we put together a proposal and given it to the personnel division. And then they have to go through the complex process of how do you make these positions similar <laughs> and put them into to different classes. And so they're going to try to do that. And then will everybody be under the police department? I imagine there's some sort of like political battle over what department gets these full-time employees. Right. But our, our main concern, of course, is, is public safety. And, and where it resides is not as important as um, how we can make the process more efficient. Mm -hmm. But in, in our plan, our draft plan, it starts with uh, merging everyone into the police department uh, and then ultimately the city emergency management um, operations will be the entity that, that runs all three. Okay. And then they're all going to be physically at the police department? Yes. And the reason for that is that there's just more space at the police department. Um, and so we have the ability to, to merge all three and put them in one space. Okay. And so is that happening this month then, that that physical part of the move is happening? Right. So, of course, we've got to sort of map out, you know, where people will sit, monitors, equipment, you know, all that process has started, and um, we're working through that as you as we speak. I imagine one of the complications here is that you can't take your foot off the accelerator for even a moment in terms of handling the calls that continue to come in, even while you're dealing with the bigger picture stuff. You can't go on a retreat and just expect it to run itself. Absolutely. So there's a step-by-step -step process, and um, you know we want to get the spacing right. We want to get the technology in place, and so you're right. You. You almost have to, um, you know, flip the switch and quickly convert over to this new system without, you know, any interruption at all. Uh, and I, I think we'll be able to do that um, with the steps that we're taking. And what's the moment that you would consider the, the, the switch flipping? Well, you know, um, once we get the job classifications decided um, and then put the technology in place, we would hope that, you know, when shift change, it would be a seamless, we walk into the new building, you have your station set up, and you just, you know, flip on the switch and you, you start working. And so, there it goes. And there it goes. Do you have a target date for that in mind? Well, you know, I know when we, um, you know, when the mayor went to the 911 system in the police department, we talked about October being the target date. Mm -hmm. And um, 
while we, we want to do it as quickly as possible because, you know, this is an urgent need for our community, we want to make sure we do it right. So um, we're hoping that, you know, in the next, you know, 30, 60 days, we'll, we'll have some significant movement in that direction. Okay. And that would be people physically in that same space in the police department and also now being on the same software? Or am I getting ahead of myself? You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Story <laughs> that, of my life. <laughs> that's going to take a little while. Uh, you know, the, the first process is, of course, uh, merging the classifications that personnel will have to do. And then we'll move them into the same physical space. From a technology standpoint, it's going to take a little longer for us to get on the same technology platform. But we're in the process of working through what that looks like and which one we will select. Um, but that process of merging data and all that information could take up to 12 months to do that. Okay. So when the former mayor, when Lyda Cruson was on this show back in February, this was before the election of Mayor Jones, she touted a, quote, major upgrade to the software that was being used for 911 dispatch. I actually want to play this clip. Here's what she said about that. This is new software. It's going to, to help uh, in terms of answering calls and, uh, you know, we have pretty good response time in St. Louis in terms of dispatching police officers, but this is better and uh, it's just a, a long needed upgrade to that system. And like everything in this city, um, it's always about the economics, especially this year when we are projecting almost a $70 million uh, reduction in our revenue. And that was then uh, St. Louis Mayor Lyda Cruz, and obviously speaking before the point that the city realized it was going to get a whole lot of money um, from the federal government, which has been, I know, just a, a great thing. Um, but she's talking about this really costly upgrade to the system. Is this a system that now could theoretically get scrapped? It sounds like you're undecided which system to go with going forward. Yeah, I'm not really sure what system she was uh, referring to, but... Um there was some new technology that uh, allowed the police department to really kind of track the calls coming in. It gave more data about calls for service, and it actually allowed you to divert some uh, non-emergency calls uh, more seamlessly. But, you know, the system we need is is called a computer-aided dispatching system. Mm. And um, the police department is, is old and out of date. Um, the fire department has a relatively new system. But the idea would be that they would be both on the same dispatching system, software system. Um, so we have to determine that. Now, that will cost some money, but uh, it won't be that expensive uh, to do that. Uh, the main part is really merging the data into one system that is takes more time. Okay. So it sounds like what she was referring to at the time, as, as she thought of as a pretty major upgrade, this is something that has almost been overtaken by current events. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what she was talking about it is an upgrade, but it's not the most significant part of the puzzle that um, would help us in better coordination and use of resources. Hmm. So thinking about merging these various departments together, has there been much pushback from the unions that are involved? Well, you know, anytime there's change, and I understand that, you know, whether it's unions or employees, there's a sense of fear um, and, you know, people thinking about how this is going to affect me personally mm -hmm. and also my job. And so, you know, we, we've tried to talk to employees about, you know, what we're trying to do, the purpose of what we're trying to do. Um, as I said, um, the personnel division will talk about the human resource aspects of it, how it's going to affect you personally as an employee. 
But um, I think all employees understand that we need to make some changes, right? And that, um, you know, some aspect of consolidation and information sharing is important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. It seems hard to argue with that point. (laughs) You know, as you've mentioned, there have been historically a lot of um, openings in these dispatch jobs. And frankly, it sounds like an incredibly stressful job. You have people's lives in your hands. You can't mess up. You can't just be sitting around surfing the internet and claiming this is a job, right? Is there any talk about um, maybe paying a whole lot more to people in these positions? Yeah, you're right. And I I really want to applaud all the dispatchers. They have a very difficult job and they do it um, very eloquently. Uh, And, um, you know, they are saving people's lives Mm -hmm. uh, in the work that they do. Uh, So it is very important that we compensate them correctly. And I think one of the aspects of this is that um, we have different levels of dispatchers. Um, We have police dispatchers. We have fire EMS dispatchers. Um, in some ways, uh, those levels of pay are different. Hmm. And so one of the things that I'm hoping that this will do is bring them in line with each other because police dispatchers are very important and fire EMS are as well. And so I believe they should be paying, be paying the same, right? And this could do that. Um, conceivably, it could give a pay raise to some employees. And then the starting salaries are different for EMS dispatchers as opposed to police dispatchers. So we want to bring all that in line so that everybody is making the same pay and hopefully more. That makes sense. Are the police dispatchers the one who've historically been paid less? No, actually the starting salary for police dispatchers is higher Hmm. than the EMS dispatchers and their incumbent salary is higher. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, the the hope is that as we merge those classifications, everyone will be equal. Okay. So one other potential wrinkle in this is that back during the Cruson administration, she rolled out this cops and clinicians program that diverted some calls to social workers. And that was something that Mayor Jones praised in the campaign, was, you know, has been so supportive of. Um, at one point, KMOV got an interview with the police dispatcher who said, this has been one of the problems. This is what's making it hard for them to move swiftly between calls is just this added level of needing to figure out who's supposed to go there and and dealing with that. Is that at all a concern that that this is making things harder? No, because uh, ultimately, you know, it it makes our response better Mm -hmm. in the end. You know, maybe you have to do more work up front, but the ultimate um, solution is better, Mm -hmm. right? And so if we can determine if a um, you know, medical professional needs to go to a mental health call as opposed to a police officer. In the end, that's a lot better. If we have a homeless situation and we can send, um, you know, outreach workers to deal with the homeless as opposed to a police officer, every time we get back for police officers is time that that officer can spend on very violent crimes, mm-hmm. you know, homicides, robberies, shootings, um, Police officers don't need to go to homeless calls. They don't need to go to people in mental health crises. And those are a lot of calls that officers deal with. And so, yes, we might have to do more work on the front end, uh, but on the back end, it's going to be a much better response and the right professional going to the right call. In addition to that, as we merge these two, there is the um, benefit of having EMS evaluate some of these initial calls because they have more of a medical background mm-hmm. uh, than the police dispatchers do. So I think merging these resources really makes us stronger 
uh, and a more effective tool for getting these calls out to the right person. There has been some talk about the initial size of that program, um, that that could see room to grow. Do you see this as a way, as you say, with the EMS dispatchers being more front and center on some of these calls, this could help grow that program? Absolutely. And we are actively really looking and digging into all the calls for service to determine what professional needs to be sent to the right call. Mm -hmm. Uh, I firmly believe that officers should deal with crime problems, not mental health, not social issues. Those are things that uh, social workers and other medical professionals really should be responding to. And boy, it seems like we have enough of both of these types of calls. There's plenty to go around. (laughs) Absolutely. So we're at this point here where you're sort of poised at the brink of change. If we had you back here one year from now, where would you want things to stand at that point? I mean, would your goal be, uh, you know, what, what would you want to see for this system? Well, my, my goal would be is that um, we increase our personnel levels and staffing to the point we need to be, uh, that we would have both fire and EMS merged into one facility. Uh, hopefully, we would be well on the way to merging the technologies for all three. And then finally, as you talked about, uh, making sure that we build that COPS and clinicians program um, We know that the the mayor uh, visited Denver, and there are cities out there who have really made this a part of their overall response, Mm -hmm. Um, sending clinicians and professionals to those non-crime, non-criminal justice calls for service, leaving more time for officers to be visible and deter crime and address crime. And I think that is uh, the best approach we could have for our city. Well, this all sounds very hopeful. It sounds like we're going to have to check back with you one year from today to yes. see if you guys made it. Well, Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.